Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Garrett Moon with me. Garrett is the co-founder of CoSchedule, which is a social media editorial calendar for WordPress. Welcome. Hi, George. Great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, Garrett. Can you tell our audience what is CoSchedule and why would bloggers use it? Sure. CoSchedule, uh, like you said, it's a social media editorial calendar for WordPress. And, and basically, I like to kind of describe it as three things. Uh, it's it's a social media scheduling tool. Uh, it's a blog uh, or content marketing editorial calendar. And it's a team productivity uh, and workflow tool kind of all in one. So it's kind of like Evernote, Basecamp, WordPress, um, and then a social media scheduling tool in one place. And we allow uh, people who are doing blogging and doing content marketing to basically create their blog content and their social media content from one dashboard and visualize it all together on one calendar. So basically you're simplifying content marketing for WordPress, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the people are, are using WordPress have previously been using, you know, four or five different tools, including a few spreadsheets to do the, you know, to accomplish the same workflow. Okay. Uh, you have said that CoSchedule is uh, one of a kind. Uh, you, you also said that you allow users to schedule their blog posts and social media messages from a single interface, like you mentioned earlier. And you have taken a uh, workflow that used to rely on four or five tools down to a single tool. So some of those tools were, would it be like um, Hootsuite? Uh, what, 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 you know, I'm not trying to compare you to any other thing out there. Just, uh, sure. just give people an idea, like what are some of the tools that your uh, plugin replaces? Well, you think about any tool that is doing scheduling, it could potentially you know, potentially replace. Um, yeah, Hootsuite is one of those. Uh, Sprout Social might be one of those. Um, you know, a lot of people are relying on free versions and free tools, tweet decks and those types of things uh, to do it. Um, so the, the biggest thing that we saw is that in content creation and marketing, there was a workflow problem. Um, there was always an editorial calendar of some kind that was most commonly seen in, in Google Calendar or in Excel spreadsheets um, and sometimes even paper calendars, actually. Uh, then we also saw people using some sort of a social scheduling tool, you know, Hootsuite and Sprout Social are your common ones. Um, and then there was also WordPress and then there was also usually something else for cataloging blog post ideas. Um, and then there was always, of course, you know, good old email, you know, for having those conversations back and forth within a content marketing team. So we saw all those tools being used together. We were using them in our in-house. Uh, we tried some other tools, um, but we always ended up with two or three different things that were required to make you know, one process work. And it was never integrated. It was always frustrating for us teaching you know, marketing clients on how to do it. It was very difficult. <clears throat> so... We brought them all together and, um, you know, competing wise, you know, there's really nothing that combines all of those things together out there, uh, particularly for WordPress. But even just the idea of creating your blog post and then right below that blog post, creating social messages is a pretty new idea. So did you build this plugin for yourself initially? Yes and no. I mean, we knew there was a market for it, and we would not have built it without that market, um, you know, uh, knowing that that market was there. I would say the idea came to us because it was a problem we were trying to solve. Okay, so from the beginning, you thought this was a product, not just a scratch-your-own-itch type of thing. You know, you consciously created a product from the beginning. It's a bit of both, but yes, absolutely. We, we knew it would be, uh, or we felt like it would be a very good uh, a marketable product. 
Now, I love WordPress. I use it on several of my sites as well. But the fact is that only about 19% of websites run WordPress. So why not create something that stands on its own? Why, why did you decide to go on the plugin route? Well, the, the, the 20% is pretty large, um, and it's a bit misleading. Actually, WordPress actually powers 54% of all websites that are running a CMS. Um, so to build the type of calendar that we wanted, it would require some sort of CMS-level integration. Uh, without that level of integration, it really you know, would just be another scheduling tool out there. So um, we felt that that was key to make a product that would beat out um, everything else that's out there. Uh, WordPress was the obvious choice. The, the only the next competitor after that is probably Drupal or Joomla as far as the CMS market goes, and it's a minute um, <laughs> compared to that 54%. I mean, it's pretty, pretty huge. So it's 75 Five million websites actually uh, powered by WordPress. So, mm -hmm. um, so you know, that's why we chose WordPress. It was a pretty obvious choice, particularly in the type of content that we're talking about, as far as content marketing and publishing. Um, WordPress is is extremely um, you know large in that area. The top 100 blogs out there, WordPress is powering 48 of them. So it's it's pretty pretty powerful force in the industry. Do you even get requests from people that say, you know, hey, you know, I know this is a plugin, but I can't use it. Uh, are you going to make it for any other platforms? Do you even get requests of uh, a substance there? We do. Um, there has not been anything, you know, any one platform that stood out enough to to get our peak our interest quite yet. But we love to hear from people, um, you know, on on those platforms. Uh, it's a possibility, but as of right now, um, it's not it's not in the roadmap. Okay. Okay. Now, um, do you get any kind of case studies or do you have any examples of how uh, CoSchedule helped? I mean, you know, we can kind of imagine, but I don't know if you have any specific examples that you could bring up to our audience briefly. Um, like uh, maybe CoSchedule increased productivity or we used to only post this or people yeah. forgot that and, you know, how it actually helped a, a real-life uh, company. The, the most common scenario we see, there, there's th th probably three big areas um, that, that get affected, but the two things are save time and grow traffic are the two most common benefits that our users report back to us. Um, save time is, we hear a lot because it's immediately obvious to, a, to somebody who's doing content marketing and blogging that they're going to save time with this plugin uh, just because, you know, even for the solo blogger, if they're creating their social media and their blog post in one place rather than segregating tools, they're able to visualize their schedule on a single calendar rather than multiple different tools. You know, it obviously just makes things faster to work, you know, workflow wise. So that's the you know, immediate benefit that, that users see and, and we universally hear that from all of our customers. Um, grow traffic is the one that we hear, you know, pretty regularly because one of the things that we found out uh, and one of the, I would say the, you know, we wanted to solve the problem of multiple tools, but even more than that, we wanted to solve the problem of people actually not being very good at content marketing. Uh, one thing that we really saw happen a lot uh, with a client, for example, that we worked with every single day is they were, you know, their, their staff was buying into the content marketing. They were all creating content. They had a good workflow uh, that was run through Google Calendar, uh, but there was some pretty big inefficiencies with how communication was happening. And a bigger problem was they weren't promoting their content well. So their blog posts would go live and they'd 
pop it on Facebook, uh, and that was it. They would never they would never repost that content. Uh, they weren't using Twitter. They weren't using Google Plus. They weren't using any of the other networks just because it was too big of a hassle to open up that extra tab and post on those networks. So, uh, one thing we really you know our, our customers tend to do, and we really try to help them with this, is creating a social media publishing schedule that automatically goes into effect once your post goes live. So you're doing a few things there. You're promoting your content on all of your social channels very easily. Um, and then you're reposting that content a few times. So you may share it right when the post goes live, uh, but then you may share it again an hour later uh, on certain channels and then maybe uh, two hours later or you know eight hours later or the next day or the next month or the next week, uh, depending on what type of content it is. So just from that improved social sharing, we see customers that uh, get grow traffic just from that. Does the software offer recommendations, like you mentioned? Because I think a lot of people, you know, they, they create a blog post and they just share it once, maybe, you know, and that's about it. So does the software make any kind of recommendations that, you know, share this, you know, every 30 days or share it, you know, seven days later again or something along those lines? Um, we do have a uh, kind of a recommended schedule that we teach our um, users as they onboard the product. So as they're setting it up um, in an, our, our sales emails, uh, it'll kind of give them a, a template as to how we recommend doing that or best case, you know, best results. So um, and we have a report, a lot of customers report back to us that they use that exact schedule. Okay. So how many people are using CoSchedule today? Uh, we have a large number uh, of people using CoSchedule now. I mean, the, there's always the difference between users and and customers. We are a um, a you know pay to play type of a plugin. So if, after a 14 day trial, we do give that. We're pretty pretty liberal with with that trial. We'll extend it for people if they they need some extra time with it to to work with their team. Um, but you know, thousands and thousands of customers and people that have come through the product. Um, but you know, we, we do distinguish between users and and paying customers in that way. So how many customers are actually paying the uh is it ten dollars I believe uh per month for uh for your service, right? Yeah. Um well at this point we're just around a thousand paying customers in the product. And how you went live in 2013, I believe, right? Yeah, right at the end of 2013. So basically, your November um, was well, October was basically very late September. I think we had three days left of September when we went live. Okay, so how did you get to this point to to have this many to, to this many users? What is your marketing strategy? Well, we don't do much paid marketing. We've experimented with some, and you may see a little bit of it out there, but we don't do much paid marketing at all. We've very much relied on uh, making our product viral, uh, have a certain viral coefficient you hear a lot in the um, startup mar marketplace. Um, we focused a lot on that and actually adding some of those elements so to our So give us some example. So, How is it viral? What, sure. what can you do? And maybe some ideas that we can take or audience can take for you know, creating viral marketing for their own products. Sure, I'll give you two quick ones. One, uh, in the product, if you get a 14-day free trial, which you know we kind of always would consider the minimum amount necessary uh, for a, for a SaaS application, but if you want to extend your trial, we allow you to share CoSchedule with your friends on any of your social networks that are authenticated through the system, um, and when you do that, we will add free time to your trial. So we have users that frequently take advantage of that. If they've added five networks, we let them actually share it on all five networks. And for every single one, they can get an extra free week of co-schedule. So it's, we're very generous uh, with allowing them to share a trial. And we get you know thousands of shares based on uh, that little integration alone, which is a very small feature, uh, but has worked great for growth. Another one has been huge is our referral program. Um, we give um, 
Everyone who signs up for a CoSchedule account, whether you're in trial or not, they have the option to use a referral link and share CoSchedule with their friends. They can also download, uh, oh, we have a whole bunch of different ads, uh, banner ads available on the, in their application. So they can embed one of those ads in the side of their blog, um, or, uh, write a review, which has probably been our largest growth factor, is that we ask people to write a review, and in exchange, we give them some referral credits, uh, which makes their monthly subscription to CoSchedule that much cheaper. So um, we've had a lot. We have several users who have taken advantage of that program and, and are using CoSchedule for free because they've used that referral program and shared CoSchedule with their friends. Oh, wow. That's great. Um how about SEO? Is SEO part of your uh, strategy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, SEO has changed so much. Um, you know, content is a big part of our strategy. We, we, um, you know, on our own blog, uh, we have we're posting three or four articles per week. Um, you know, we do everything you possibly can do to make your page SEO friendly and Google friendly. Uh, but we're trying to primarily get to that SEO range through through that content. Um, you know, not like the old-fashioned link building campaigns, although there is some of that as well. Uh, then we also have some very key landing pages that are just targeted around certain words that, that are important to what we do, and um, that works very well. I, I mean, we get a lot of search traffic, and we started that long before we launched, and I think that's one thing in marketing that um, is a, probably the biggest mistake an entrepreneur makes when they're starting a product, particularly a web-based product, is they don't start their marketing until they launch. It's sort of like, hey, hooray, here we are, now everyone come and use it. Um, we started marketing a year before we launched anything, and I think that gave us a pretty big um, leg up when it came to launching and, and building momentum quickly. So tell us what were some of the things that you you have done the year before the actual launch date. Well, simple stuff. You know, we, we launched a customized page that um, had a screenshot of what we thought CoSchedule was going to look like. It was fairly close, but it was pretty different. And um, one or two line description of what it was, and I think three or four bullet points, and a place where you could put your email address in. Um, one of the things that we did very early on was instead of saying, here, you know, sign up with your email address for updates, we actually made our button that said download now. We said, this is going to be a plugin for WordPress. It's going to be a social media editorial calendar and download now. So we were validating right there um, that, you know, okay, well, we have 300 people that signed up. That's pretty cool. They, 300 people tried to download uh, this thing called CoSchedule. And when we launched that page, um, it was back in back in early 2013, like January, I think. So, um, you know, we got picked up by a few WordPress-based blogs that kind of pointed to it and uh, built some traction right away from there. So that was kind of step one is just getting that page out there and treating it in a way that's not just like the typical launch page, like, hey, we're going to launch in 10 days, sign up for an email update when we launch. It was more of, hey, would you download this plugin if you thought it was available? And we were validating, you know, what percentage of users would actually click that download button. Um, and with that, we were able to actually get some early ideas on conversion rates and everything. From there, uh, we blogged every single week. So every single week, I wrote a post that was emailed immediately to that list. It was primarily an email list, although it was technically run through a blog. And it would just tell the story of what we were doing. Hey, here's the features we're working on. Uh, we'd post screenshots. We'd post wireframes. We would. Uh, we gave away a couple of free beta plugins um, during the time and during that year and got early feedback from people. Um, and just, you know, had a really nice community going where they were, people were commenting. If we had asked for feedback, they'd email me back directly and give me their ideas. And, um, you know, it's interesting because you actually take building your own product 
and turn it into the marketing for that product. Uh, make uh, people get very interested in it. Can you use CoSchedule for email outreach as well? No, CoSchedule is blog and social media. Okay. Is that something that you'll work on in the future, or does it integrate with like MailChimp, you know, when you have a new post that you can send it out to your list immediately, or is that not something that people ask for? We don't get a lot of requests for it. Actually, we had our early version of the product, we thought that that would be something we would do. Uh, the thing that we've learned about that is there's not a, there's not a like one email provider that is just hands hands over feet you know the one that people mm-hmm. are using mailchimp is pretty popular but aweber campaign monitor um constant contact i mean they're all they're all kind of very distributed market share so that's a little difficult the other thing is is that with rss to email it's not a major problem that people have mm-hmm. um you know there's other solutions out there that work okay um we've never loved rss to email ourselves but um you know, we've solved that problem in other ways. So until we really see that, you know, it's a major problem that we can solve, it hasn't been a feature that we're we're super interested in um, putting into the product, although it's certainly something on the ideal list. So uh, I have I've spent some time on your blog and it, it looks very popular. And uh, you mentioned that you use the blog to actually, you know, create a following even before you went live with uh, CoSchedule. What is your strategy for driving traffic to your blog, or what has been your strategy for driving traffic? Um, you know, I did a post on our blog a few weeks ago called Blue Ocean, you know, using a, a lot of people, your listeners, if they're into business, they probably have heard of the book Blue Ocean Strategy, and now there's the book called Blue Ocean Leadership. And I talked a little bit about the idea of a Blue Ocean blog. And so we've kind of tried to find some specific areas um, that we think would make us stand out in, in the content marketing space. You know, there are particular topics are focused at bloggers, content marketers, and social media marketers. So there's a lot of big and good blogs out there talking about those subjects. So some ways to stand out, we, we write long-form content. Um, our posts are, are always, you know, usually at minimum of 1,500 words, usually um, as high as 2,500. There's been a few that are over 3,000. So they're very long-form content, and they're very meaty uh, and very applicable to what you're doing. We always try to make them very actionable so that there's something in this post that people are going to be able to do right now um, and, and put it to place. And I think that, that stands in contrast to a lot of content that's out there. That's a lot of me-too content. You know, five tools that you can use for this. Yeah, well, five tools are great, but how can I leverage each of those tools to really get me somewhere? You know, it's not just the tool, it's how I use it that also matters. So stuff like that. Uh, we also do custom images um, in there. And, and um, from there, we've also done a ton of guest blogging. That's been a big part of our, our content marketing uh, successes, getting, you know, getting our, our word out there just as far as, you know, writing posts for Kissmetrics and Unbounce and Interclum. And, um, you know, we've been on a lot of those, those sites. Okay, guest posting, and uh, longer, more detailed uh, blog posts have been very effective. Yeah, and they do better. You know, long content. Um, I did a kind of some research on how long form content compares to short form content in the Google search results. Long form content does really well. You know, and, and really, what I mean, what you're seeing over and over again, it's not even about that that the content is longer. It's that Google uses length as a deciding factor of is it how useful is it, and, and Google wants to give people the most useful content. So our SEO strategy has been to give people stuff that they can use as much as possible, as consistently as possible. Um, and, you know, we, we have an email 
good email marketing program uh, called the Content Marketing Update that goes out once a week and shares our all of our posts um, and then some additional posts that we find online that we think really matter to content marketers. And uh, we package that up in a nice little email and send that out once a week. And that's been a good um, continual driver of traffic as well. So I have some uh, general entrepreneurial questions uh, to you that would be very useful for our audience. Uh, my first question is, and, and you have done this right with, with your business, so you know whatever advice you have would be very valuable. What do you think is the most important thing for entrepreneurs during especially the first 12 months of being in business? Because most businesses don't really get beyond the first one to two years. Mm-hmm. So to get those, you know, to get that first year right, what do you think we should be focusing on? You know, I sat, I did, a, I judged a pitch competition for a local entrepreneurship uh, deal here, sponsored by our state, and. I think there was 10 or 12 pitches that I listened to, and I think out of 12 pitches, 11 of them did not validate their idea. They were not validating their idea. Um, you get so here, – here's this particular competition was very focused on actual products like physical products that people make. And what I heard over and over again was all people cared about was financing and prototypes, building actual manufacturing prototypes or uh, manufacturing the product themselves. And I think we make the exact same mistake in, in on the web when we're building software as well, is that we get an idea and we immediately start building. And, and, and it's not always our fault. It's kind of how we're wired, particularly for a developer or designer like I am and my business partner was. We were, he was a developer. We can make stuff. And so you start making and you forget to validate that idea completely. Um, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of are things on CoSchedule like that download button. You know, We made it a download button and not just an email sign up. And that was a huge piece of validation. Um, you know, what was our conversion rate on clicking that download button? And that's a good early indicator of what's our conversion rate on the website. And to be honest with you, they're very close. It was a very good test. Um, we also did things where we would, uh, when we've got our, I don't know, our email list is maybe at one or 200 customers and, or just email, you know, email addresses. We emailed them and said, hey, you know, we're looking to do um, some one-on-ones with all of you. And so we scheduled, I don't know, 10 or 20 of these one-on-ones where it was basically just a screen share. And I took them through a series of uh, mock-ups of the application and explained what it would do and just got their feedback, got their reaction, and really did try to do more than anything. I tried to listen to what they were saying were the pain points that they felt that co-schedule was going to be solving. And You know, looking back, it was always a calendar and it was always going to have social media involved. But um, what we ended up building CoSchedule was pretty different based on that feedback. And as entrepreneurs, we oftentimes wait way too long to get feedback from our customers. And we really don't, even though we say we are going to, we really don't fail fast enough. Um, And I think and I think that I think that's the number one piece of advice I can give. That's great advice. Now, what do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? Hmm. Well, I tell you what, it's a big time waster to build something that no one has used before. You know, and that no one's another one is that no one's paid you a dollar for. It's very common for us to give something away to our friends and get their feedback, but what if you charged them a dollar to test it? 
uh, a, a startup called Track.io, a uh, competitor to Intercom, kind of. They did, they're in the analytics and stuff, was really great at this. I think I paid $50 to try their application. And it was a total early beta version. And I mean, it was just really rough. But um, I paid money to try it. And what a great validation because I put money on the line to say, you know, I'm I'm interested in this. There is a demand for what you're building. Um, I'm willing to put money down. And <clears throat> I think we waste time not charging people uh, okay. often. Okay. Now, uh, Garrett, if somebody came to you, let's say either in your family or a good friend that has a job now and says, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur, what would be the first thing that you would teach that person that you think it's an absolute must for somebody to know if they want to make it as an entrepreneur? Okay, first you need a business plan. It should be probably about 100 pages. No, not at all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. That sounds like an awful lot of work. It sounds like a terrible advice. Uh, I think, you know, sometimes people really think like, it depends on where you're living and stuff, but, you know, it, it, starting a business is really easy. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, how do, how do you be in business? Well, you just wake up one day and you say, I'm in business. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, it doesn't take much. And a lot of times we, we kind of plan and we write down ideas maybe and maybe we'll, we'll you know, putz on it a little bit, but we don't actually grab it and go. And I think, um, you know, I think most entrepreneurs early on almost need permission to start. And you have to give yourself the permission. That's the you're the biggest barrier. Uh, but you know, when I meet a new entrepreneur that's thinking about it or they have a day job, I'm I'm on them. Why why you know when I started my business, I had what we we had the late shift. Me and my business partner, we'd have our day jobs. We'd go home, spend time with our families. Our families would go to bed about 9:30 or 10 p.m. We would hop on Skype. We would open up a Skype call and we would be on Skype working until two or three in the morning every single night. And we'd wake up at six o'clock, seven o'clock, go to work the next day um, and do it every single night for months. And, um, you know, we were serious about this idea. And I don't think, you know, most people say I don't have time or whatever. I didn't have time either. So I made time. I decided not to sleep for a while. It was not sustainable forever, but it, but it got me to where, where I got, you know, where we are now. So. So maybe you could share a mistake uh, with our audience that you think would be a good learning experience for us, either with co-schedule or just in your experience as an entrepreneur. I think most of our biggest mistakes involve um, not validating ideas. We've had, we've had, you know, it's important to know that co-schedule is not the first product we built. Me and my business partner, this is the third or fourth one we built. It takes a while before you know what to do and you understand it. And I think. Um, there's a great book called Creativity Inc. It's by um, uh, it's about Pixar and um, it's about the creative process. And I think it's very similar to the entrepreneurial process. And one of the things that they talk about is that Pixar really embraces failure. And they say, you know, every single Pixar movie that's ever been made was terrible when it started, and it was terrible for a year before it ever started getting good. And too much of the time, we just we always like. You know, it's, you watch you watch the Facebook movie and it's like, OK, here's Mark Zuckerberg in his dorm room and then, bam, you know, the flashback happens and now he's successful. And we think that's how it's going to work. And it is a process that you have to work through and it takes time and it takes perseverance. And failure is a major, major part of that uh, that you need to embrace and go forward. So, um, you know, I think, you know, for us. It was really being able to look at those failures and learn from them properly and kind of do it, do it differently the next time. 
So I'm sure, I mean, it sounds like, you know, everything went really well with your business. And, you know, considering it's only been about a year, you know, you have quite a, quite a lot of traction. But I'm sure you have ups and downs in your business. So what is your recommendation for, for us, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs who deal with the ups and downs or the roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur? How, how do you handle it? How do you deal with it? Is it an issue with you? Um, yeah, it always is. You kind of juke yourself out, and um, it's kind of part of the game of being an entrepreneur, I think. I think you have to know, you know, I say the business plan, throw out the business plan, right? But you still have to know what you're doing. Like, you have to have your goals in mind. Um, we've always have, we always have a goal in place at CoSchedule uh, of the number of users. Um, you know, currently our goal uh, is we want to be a top 10 WordPress plugin. That means a million downloads. You know, we're a long ways away from that. It's a big goal. And in between that, we have some smaller pieces that we want to hear. We have some times when we want to hit 10,000 customers. We have kind of a, a time frame when we would like to do that. You know, so some of those types of things, um, because at the end of the day, every year, there's going to have doubts as an entrepreneur. So you need to be able to go to something and say, um, are we are we making improvements on our goal or are we not? Uh, and then also the other thing is, is that you're going to have a lot of options. Like there's like a seemingly endless supply of decisions and directions and things that you could do that's absolutely overwhelming. And if you don't have a goal to say, okay, my goal is this. Will this help me reach my goal? And it's like, you know what? You know, that's a good idea. That's a good thing. But it doesn't directly feed this goal. So it's probably not worth pursuing right now. So you have to have some tools in place and some good logical methods for dealing with doubts and dealing with, um, you know, potential things that could sideline your entire business uh, or else or else you're going to be kind of floating all over the place. Well, it sounds great, Garrett. Um I really appreciate you sharing your story of uh, co-schedule and just your entrepreneurial wisdom with our audience. How can people find out more about co-schedule? Uh, sure. Co-schedule is just coschedule.com, uh, or you can uh, follow us on Twitter at co-schedule. Um, if they have questions for me on entrepreneurship or anything like that, I do blog occasionally uh, on the subject, and, and hopefully we'll be, be able to do more soon. But I'm Garrett, two R's, two T's, underscore, moon on twitter and they can uh, ask me questions or follow me there garrett thank you very much and i hope maybe you can come back next year because i'm really excited about your software and i can't wait to uh to to use it as well and uh, hopefully you can come back maybe next year and give us an update on how how everything is going and how many more users you have sure it'll be fun i always like to talk about that thank you garrett yep thanks george